In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. The gang is back where we belong in the center-fitting studio here at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. And we're almost all here, but you know what? Buddy Christensen's getting so much run as our Super 6 man. I don't know. Guys better watch out. All you guys, you might get Wally pipped. Coming off the bench. Coming off the bench, exactly. Ron Thomas is here as well as John Gould and Buddy Christensen to talk some golf. we got a lot of catching up to do. It's been a couple weeks. I'm back from Wisconsin. Can you tell I got some sun along the way a <laughs> little bit? You get you look like you've been in the sun a lot, Ron. I have. Playing yes. a lot of golf, which Played is a nice. a lot of golf, yes. Uh, John, you look like you've been in the sun officiating running events Correct. in the Middle Atlantic. A little different right? than you guys, yes. I've been out in the sun, but not playing my own ball. And, Correct. buddy, you are paying attention to your store. <laughs> I am doing a from lot of I, that right From now. what I can tell, yes. uh, you are very much paying attention to the store. But I will be in the sun the next couple weeks here. That's right. You're going uh, on vacation. Isle of Palms, where they've got a wonderful golf course called Wild Dunes. That's right. Down in Charleston, low country. Yep. Oh, I love the low Not country. far from Kiowa, but I'm not going to go over there. Why not? No real reason to. I'm not going to be able to get a tee time there. The and, guy you to know. your left has yeah. amazing hookups. Well, you know, <laughs> maybe, hooked, maybe we'll talk. He might have hooked someone on the setup with a round of Kiowa uh, once upon a time. Maybe I'll throw the clubs Shh, in the uh, we're car after that all. We're keeping it <laughs> on down. But for Buddy, anything. Sure, exactly. Thing. All right. Let's start with golf and the Olympics. Uh, does it really help grow the game? Uh, we've got the team set, right, for the USA. I, I, I don't follow this. Ron, you wanted to talk Olympics today, yeah. so you're going to take the lead in this opening segment. Where do you feel about golf in the Olympics? I know you're a patriot. I know you love international competition, representing your country, wearing the flag. I get all that. Are you into Olympic golf? Of course. I love the Olympics, and I love golf. So why not? So why wouldn't I love Olympic sure. golf? I have a list of reasons, but I'll hold <laughs> well, for a moment. Personal preference. I mean, that's your choice. And your uh, disdain for the Olympic committees oh, and the... They're the worst. Of, yeah. <laughs> they're an international crime ring. <laughs> there I, you go. I have no stomach for these guys. Also, I think, you know... But it's goes. a great TV show. <laughs> it's, it's like right? lighting a firework. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> hey, you want to talk about replay, too? Let's talk about replay. <laughs> I know. I guess, Ron, I'm dubious of the premise that this is crucial to growing the game. I'm not sure that it's... The intention of Olympic golf is to grow the game. I think that the intention of Olympic golf is to include a very popular sport worldwide, already a, a popular sport worldwide, in um, the Olympics, mm-hmm. which is supposedly uh, the world's preeminent and most, um, you know, winning a gold medal is the most important thing to athletes worldwide, apparently. So I Olympic just it, athletes, it's not the most important thing to an NBA player. It, it used to be. Mm, really? I mean, I just don't personally. I don't understand who would not want to play for their country. John Gould, what yeah, do you no, think? No, I think, and to to Zabe's point, in terms of growth of the game, it's not helping anybody in the United States or Great Britain or anybody like that play golf because golf is so popular. What happens is these state 
associate or the country uh, associations, Olympic associations, confederations, whatever they call them, they say, hey, there's going to be a sport in Olympics. We got to have somebody represent us. We don't have a program. So what are we going to do? We're going to start a program. We're going to have a, you know, China had a long, that long time ago had that, you know, school for their kids that they, they selected them early. Right. They got them in the school and they created golfers. And that, those golfers created more golfers in Korea. And, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a direct result of, of maybe not because I don't think golf was in the Olympics then, but it's, it's a direct result of those types of countries who say if there's going to have an Olympic sport, we're going to put some people there and we're going to train it. Bobby? I, I agree with that that point. I think, you know, golf from when I grew up was not as worldly uh, played and, and, you know, guys from all over the world weren't necessarily involved. Um, so I would think this would help that. But I, I also don't think it's really helping us as golf fans in the U.S. to say right. I'm going to base my – And it's a bad time. You know, there's just yeah. no good time for the Olympics to fit in the, the current major schedule. That's one of the reasons, and you lauded it, for moving the PGA to May, you yeah. know, it's a great for us in terms of when we do our majors. And, and I don't mean us, the PGA. I mean us as consumers. It's, it's great for us to, in terms of watching. But still, the Olympics is right in front of the playoffs. You know, you're going to get some people who decline because they need to prepare or rest or whatever the situation is. You know, it would be great if somehow the golf, golf in the Olympics was in the winter in the, in the southern hemisphere. But it's just not going to happen. Yeah. See, I hold a grudge. And the Olympic Committee kept – golf out of the Olympic Games for damn near 100 years for reasons that made no sense. Meanwhile, skateboarding and ribbon twirling got in as Olympic sports. And so I don't get over that easily. It's a sport I love. It should have been the Olympics a long time ago. Also, you know, the Rio Games where they first reintroduced it, what a disaster that was. Brand new course. Brand new course that was an absolute nightmare to build. Took forever. I forget the designer that won. Gil Gil Hans won it. He had to move his whole family down there. There was a swamp. It was a very uninspiring course. And I think it's weeds now. I don't think it's actually operational. The format is not great. We don't necessarily send our best players. It just leaves me flat. Now, that said, maybe I'll get more into it on the women's side. By the way, the men representing the U.S. are Justin Thomas, number two in the world, Colin Morikawa, number three, Shoffley, four, and DeChambeau, five. Actually, those are the top-ranked Americans, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's our team. We got four on the men's side. The women, Nelly Korda, newly minted number one, Danielle Kang, Number five, Lexi Thompson, nine, and Jessica Corda, her sister, number 13. Nice. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Let's go. Uh, First of all, I am, again, a huge fan of women's golf, the LPGA. Uh, And while I'm talking about this, while we're talking about this, I'd like to point out before I forget that coming up this week at Columbia Country Club will be the USGA Girls Junior Championship to commemorate 100 years from the 1921 U.S. Open that occurred there. So uh, head on out there. There's no charge if I'm correct. Yes, and they've working. They got some off-site parking worked out. Yeah, Yeah. cool. Um, So anyway, so I'm a big fan of women's golf. Um, I, I love the tempo. I love the golf swings. I love the short game. I love the putting. I just enjoy watching women play. Uh, I can relate more to it because of the distance. Um, I can relate more to it because of maybe the emotion that you see. You don't. You, you actually see some emotion out there. They're not as much robots, right? And Correct. there's a, and there's always a little bit of unexpected that's going to occur. You may see a shot that you can relate to a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, but having said that, 
women's golf is terrific. I personally grew up going to watch women play at a at a tournament in Indianapolis called the Mayflower Classic. It's where I developed a gigantic crush on a young Julie Inkster. <laughs> it's where I got to watch Jan Stevenson play. Right. It's where I got to watch Joanne Carner and Kathy Whitworth. I went I mean, to the that, McDonald's Bethesda, or, uh, what was it, the McDonald's LPGA Championship at Bethesda Country Club for a few years. I, I went there. to and, that. Yeah, yeah. I, and, I remember watching Michelle McGann. Who yeah, was with the, hat. With the, hat. the yeah. big hair and makeup act in the hat? You yes. know, she really put a lot into her appearance. But you know what it did for me back then is it inspired me. It didn't matter if I was watching another gender play the game. It inspired me. I remember being at those tournaments and not waiting to be able to get home so I could go out to the golf course and maybe mimic some of the stuff I just saw. But uh, Jessica Corda is the the what the second American to become number one since they started doing world rankings in 2006. Have you seen her hit the ball left-handed? By the way, I saw um, the video of that. Unbelievable. Dave, have you seen it? No, but I'm going to call it up right now. Jessica Corda left-handed. Uh, Nelly Corda. Oh, Nelly Corda. By the way, yeah. which is is Nelly's Nelly better? She's the yeah. She just who's older? The, just, uh, Jessica's order, older. Nelly's 22. She just won the KPMG. And just kills it. Her it's brother is also making it into the second round of the ma- of the uh, Wimbledon. Right, Sebastian Corda. The the Corda gals out of where? Bradenton, Florida, or something like that. Uh, yeah, I believe Florida. Okay. I'm not I think sure that's that the gonna... IMG Academy address, to be honest. That okay. Bradenton, Florida. Yeah, they did play out of there, correct? Okay. And as did their brother, but. Um, so, so she's, and Lexi, she's and we very gotta, talented. Yeah. So, what is the format, by the way, for the Olympics? That's what stinks. It's individual. It is. It's not a team at all. It's it's you get uh, you know the the uh, field is made up by X number of people from every country. I think it's two from every country, and then everybody from the top twenty five or something like that with a max of four per country. So, in other words, the United States, if we had ten in the top twenty five, or South Korea had ten in the top twenty five, you couldn't have ten. It would just be the top four. And what would be a better format, do you think? I'd love anything team. So Two if man? you could do a four-ball match play, would be awesome, I think. You know, where it's, it's you know, a, a draw, like a tennis draw with 16 teams, 16 two-person teams. And you do, and do, we, s- do we send just two guys and two gals to the Olympics or two teams? Well, I would two? say if, if, if under the current numbers, you would get two teams okay. of two. No, so I it'd think- be like bobsled with Germany one, Germany no, two. I, yeah. I, I think we just follow the lead of women's gymnastics or the NCAA golf where you have the individual to begin and then you have the team component. Well, now you're asking for a bigger time commitment from pros who are missing time from making money Well, uh, to you go know, compete. You're talking I, I two think, weeks, not I, a week. I think it's really easy for a, a player, a world-class player, to say, you know what, I'm just going to skip the Olympics until they get there. And then Ricky Fowler enjoyed it so much that, yeah. have you seen his tattoo? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and Kuchar, winning the bronze, called it the greatest day of his life when they put that medal around his neck. Again. Yeah, that's there we, would be yeah. no greater feeling to me right. than to watch the American flag and have one of those medals put around my. I neck. love your romanticism. <laughs> but I, gotta, no, I, gotta I, tap I love that. Into it. That that idea of both the singles and that the doubles teams that that would be and, and it works for the NCAA so or that, even that the college exciting. scoring right the co- yeah. using the college scoring in this case four drop three but with all the other countries they wouldn't be able to bring four that's the problem right. so and, you and only have a few countries bringing and four. it's hard also because they're playing in Japan and who knows what time it's going to be on so. Right. 
it's hard for if it was being played here at uh, Pebble Beach or at Winged Foot yeah. or at one of these places. I can promise you, we'd be more excited about it. Okay. Um, another news: Travelers Playoff goes eight holes deep. It was one of the longest playoffs they've had on the tour in something like fifty years, and just a couple holes shy of the all-time record. And it was uh, it was Harris English holding off this kid. Uh, Hickok. Kramer Hickok, Hickok yeah, yeah. who has a backstory with two guys, Jordan four Spieth. last names. Yeah. yeah, Kramer Hickok got beat by <laughs> Harris English, and I saw I saw photos of uh, Hickok caddying for Spieth right. at like the AT and T when he they was were roommates. In, yeah, they were roommates at Texas. So right. here's another player who's kind of lost in the tough deal of trying to make it to the tour. Finally makes it to the tour. He's in this playoff. He's balling out. He falls out. Falls just short. And you feel for him. But it seems like he took it all in stride as a good learning experience. Which it was. All it does is reveal, again, just how many incredible players there are right. out there. Right. right. Who no like, never heard of the guy? Kramer Hickok. Where'd he come from? And he's right now slugging it out with Harris English atop a field that had a lot of good players in it. Yes. And guys that are very noted, and guys that were leading, like Bubba Watson, who pew, pew, yeah, and, and crash both and eighteen burn. to make the playoff, and then right. we didn't see another birdie again in all those eight but holes. But he made a couple <laughs> testy putts and, to keep and, that match well, going. Remember, English got up and down when the ball was plugged at the edge of the bunker, right? Yep. right? So, I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was great play without birdies. That right. said, thought it went on a little bit too long. Oh, yeah. I, I think agree. that there's got to be a way to tighten this up, and I have a idea. I'm just going to run it by you guys. It's a workshop idea. It's not final. <laughs> Here we go. I just want to think about this. All right. In a PGA Tour playoff between two guys, in, for the sake of television and for all of us, after each hole that's tied, you get to remove one club from the other bag. From the other guys. <laughs> I love it. He bag. is unbelievable, huh? isn't he? Huh? It, it involves it's strategy, <laughs> television. You gently pluck it out of the bag and throw it into the weeds. Uh. And say, good luck without your putter. <laughs> good luck without your driver. Good luck without your sandwich. Everybody would be hoping for a playoff uh, every yeah. single week. Well, you know what's great? I think it's brilliant because the, uh, all, the, all the majors have said, hey, this sucks for TV going to 18 holes the next right. day, right? right? So we got to have it end. And, and now we have, well, we've got two holes and we've got three holes and we've got four holes. So everybody's a little different. But this would be so stylistically <laughs> along those lines. Where we could say, yeah, and maybe you play two holes straight up, and then after two holes, you got to start doing this, or something along those lines. Or yeah, let the right players, away. yeah. Right right I saw something on Instagram where they suggested that the players pick which hole they want to play, but you couldn't do that because well, then you, you might the go fans. way far yeah. out yeah. of the, the golf course. You've Got to get the cameras there, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 But it was uh, the thing about that tournament, the Travelers, is that they have made themselves into an attractive tour stop for the top players despite a terrible spot in the schedule and a golf course that is meh minus in my humble opinion it's, how did they how have they done it of course they make a lot of birdies it's uh, you know what what i think a lot of those tour stops do is they just really make the player and experience. family experience unbelievable you know so it's great daycare it's the you know the, the chocolate milkshakes at at, at uh, jack's place you know stuff like the that. best courtesy cars easy lodging in and out take care of everything right. everything short of an appearance fee which is prohibited on the pga correct. tour right correct and so you know the john deere the week before the british they're you know they're hosed by the schedule so they provide a uh, free charter flight over to the british open so the, the guys that 
want to play don't even have to pay for that trip, which is a big expense. And as we know, this is an industry where the players pay for their own expenses. There's nobody covering all that. Kind of hurts me because we had a PGA Tour stop at a market a lot larger than Hartford, Connecticut, or Cromwell. Couldn't make it work. On a TPC course, not that different from theirs. And not only have we lost the event, we couldn't get the kind of stars they get in Connecticut. Boo. I'm unhappy. Coming up, we're going to play a quick nine, including my hole number five. I refuse to look for someone else's golf ball when dot, dot, dot. I'll tell you what my dividing line is, and we'll get the panel's suggestions as well. We are indoors. It is a 4th of July weekend. Hope you're going to get out and play some golf, in addition to being with friends and family and celebrating this wonderful country of ours. The Capital Golf Gang continues, presented by Golfdom, right after this. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who have to come up with creative excuses to their wives for those grass stains on their pants. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who only care about one trajectory on their irons, Airborne. Airborne is good. We like Airborne. We're back here at Golfdom. Buddy Christensen, owner of Golfdom, joining us this week. John Ronis is working his new gig. I guess we couldn't announce it last time he was here. He's the new dog. Yes, The new is. director of golf out at River Creek. Yeah. So good for him. Very In addition good. to the Ronas Academy, which you heard in the open, go book a lesson from him. But he's, uh, he's running the joint, and he'll do a great job at that. But working out his schedule. John Gould is with us, Middle Atlantic PGA, as well as Ron Thomas, longtime Maryland Potomac Cup captain, and we are in the middle of summer. So let's get after it. Quick nine, here we go. Hypothetical questions related to golf. Your candid answers are most appreciated. Here we go. Hole number one. What is the coolest animal you have ever seen on a golf course? I saw a, an, I'm assuming a bird's an animal. Yeah. But uh, a bald eagle coming down uh, at the dunes at Myrtle Beach, uh, coming down the 17th hole, I think. In flight? Coo- in flight. It was the coolest wow. thing ever. To see that Did you thing. make birdie that hole? <laughs> no, he made eagle. I, I, I was eagle. thinking about yeah, right, that. No, that I'm sure I made bogey because I was thinking that was really cool, but lost my golf trot. I like but that. That's you, good. You, you stole my idea. So Bellhaven, uh, the uh, what's that? The 16th hole, the par five. There's an eagle that had nested in that tree right along GW Parkway, and having multiple events out there every year, I would see that every year. So that was pretty cool. What I have not seen what I what I think would be the coolest I've seen when I went out to uh, the Grand Canyon. We you just had. Moose just walk right up to you oh, around there. Moose, yeah. So in the Grand Canyon, yeah, in the area right around the Grand Canyon, yeah. Wow. So you sure about that? Uh, I think so. You sure, sure, they weren't elk. Uh, Could have been elk. Could have been elk. <laughs> hey, you know it's a western animal. Moose, I just, elk. Uh, uh, but anyway, that's what that's I would like to see on the golf okay. course. I would like to see that on a golf course. Like funny out west somewhere and see that. Cool, really funny. Quickly, I was playing at um, Bellhaven one time on sixteen, yeah. and I saw those eagles, and I was playing with a guy whose family developed 
the Washington Harbor across yep. the street. Yep. And I said, man, check those out. He goes, I hate them. And I said, because <laughs> he couldn't do stuff. No, it cost him $10 million to change oh, over there because yeah. they were oh. all along the bank yeah. side. So, Protect the species. Uh, yeah, I was down at the Cascades, down at the Homestead a couple of weeks ago trying for the senior U.S. Open. How'd that go? Black Bear. Whoa. Black Bear. Kid caddy. I needed a caddy. I didn't yeah. want to. And I yeah. said to my, I, I got a caddy, and this kid just staring. He was driving my cart. He just couldn't get over this black bear. He said, I've lived here all my life, and I've never seen a black bear climb a tree. So this black bear climbed oh a tree. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's awesome. There's a lot of good viral videos of, of bears because they're very playful, right. uh, grabbing the flag, you know, stick. flag yeah. sticks and just, you know, <laughs> horsing around on golf courses. See, now, I'm, we're watching this video. If, if I'm this person standing this close to a black bear, what are you doing? Yes, I'm getting the hell what, out. What are you doing? You're just asking to get attacked right now? <laughs> It may look docile, but you don't know. No. Same with the alligators. Yeah. You think they're slow, it. but they can be fast when they so need to be. So right. my two animals, first of all, the, the, the weirdest animal or the most, what did I say the question was? What's the most, the coolest, coolest animal? I guess the coolest would be a rattlesnake that I almost stepped on at Cape and State Park <laughs> one time. That was wild. Eastern Diamondback rattlesnake. I was like, oh, my God. Mm. Uh, the other one, though, you're, you're not going to believe this, crayfish. Huh. I saw... There was a golf course in Camarillo, California that had this pond, and apparently the red swamp crayfish reproduces so prolifically, and they were spilling out of this pond on the golf course and migrating across the fairway. I'm like, what are crayfish doing infesting a golf course? I guess you can spray for them, but you probably don't. You probably should just scoop them up and eat them. Have a nice old crawfish boy. boy. Exactly. Okay, hole number two. What is the ultimate halfway house snack? Slash drink combo. I, I, you know what? I don't know if this is very specific, but the and you've been there. Whistling Straits brought with a beer. Brought in a beer. Is, it's hard, is, hard to beat it. It's just unbelievable. Although some would say that the frozen uncrustables is becoming quite popular. That's a good. A little one. cold PB and J sandwich in a bag that you freeze before the round. It'll gently thaw out. Well, over the course opposite of, the of that, the Kinlock has the grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwich, oh, which grilled. is so really? good. Yeah, wow. they have it right there at their halfway house. Uh, wonderful. I was going to say, what, what's funny for me is I'm like a Diet Coke and a Snickers guy, okay. and, and that is so opposite of each other. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> right. well, yeah. But when you get to these nice places like the uh, the Burger Dog out west, what's that? At Olympic, Olympic yes. Olympic Club, yeah. yeah. But, but I, the, the Kinlock up. Uh, Grill, it's delicious. All right, Ronnie? Uh, apparently, I've never been there, but there's a place in uh, Cabo, Cabo, I think, El Dorado, and they have a taco bar at the oh, turn. Ooh, I like wow, that. Wow, taco Get bar. Get the ha- fingers bar. a little messy yeah, before you tough, but <laughs> grab the driver. Tequila <laughs> and taco bar. Yeah. Mm. Uh, all good answers, but the correct answer is nip cheek crackers and a shot of vodka. <laughs> there's your halfway house <laughs> ultimate halftime. Uh, hole number three. Your wife tells you, after not playing golf pretty much her whole life, you know what, honey? I want to learn how to play golf. What do you tell her? I got I, one. Go ahead. I, I'd send her to, to John Ronis Academy and tell her to, <laughs> to learn how to play, right? And, what if and, she says, no, no, sweetheart, teach me. I'm I want to not, start with you. That's the problem. I don't I'm feel comfortable. That. I'm no. like, I, we don't want to spend money. You're good. Teach me. What do you tell her? It's not going to work. That. I, I've tried, and, and my, my wife has told me many times that I'm not a good teacher of the game. Uh, my my mother her uh, her mother in law is wonderful at that very accommodating very cheerful so she always says that if she ever learns she's my mom is going to teach her but I think t- 
to Buddy's answer. I'm sending her the nearest PGA professional. You know, you teach her, and I'd love to play. I would love to do it to play when we get old. I want her to play, but I can't be the one that teaches okay. her. Okay. Ron, your when, wife does play. Steve, when I read this question, it warmed my heart. And the reason is is because, one, I love my wife, just yeah. like I love the Olympics, and I love golf. <laughs> well, let's hope her more. But anyway. I, I do love her more than the Olympics. Um, so – she had last night the women's league shootout. Only the top ten players made it. Long story short, she made it to third. So they each hole someone gets eliminated. She right. finished third. She was looking at the weather forecast all day yesterday. <laughs> nice. She She's wanted me to come over bug. with her. I went over and watched her hit balls, and we worked on some alignment issues. This is a woman who, I mean, this was not possible. Right. She's been bit by the bug. Awesome. And her son plays, which... Winston really plays, and yeah. we bought a home in Pinehurst, so yeah. this is all coming together. Right. But she truly, she truly is hooked. Yeah. That's awesome. And That's it makes it. me so happy. That's great. It should. There's a quote, one of my favorite golf quotes, quotes from a, uh, uh, a mid-century uh, novelist, Haywood Hale Bruin, who, who once said, golf is not, on the whole, a game for realists. By its exactitudes of measurements, it invites the attention of perfectionists. And I thought that quote was interesting because, you know, golf is not meant for everybody. Obviously, you should tell your wife or girlfriend who wants to take up the game, you should try it. It could be the game for a lifetime. But they have to come to it with the right mindset of, you're going to suck for a good amount of time before you really feel like you know what you're doing. If you're too easily frustrated or if you're a realist, <laughs> unlike a perfectionist, you may not be fit for this game. The important thing is to be around uh, other, other women. women. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Who can then, you know, support and revel in the fact of, oh, honey, I used to be that way as well. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go on to hole number four. Am I the only one triggered by golf shafts, buddy, with big, obnoxious Logos, Phantom XT Titanium. <laughs> Can you tell how triggered I, 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 I am? You are triggered, and and it. Does, I it, can't stand it. Oh, I gonna, want a blank shaft with a little thing that says, "Here's what it is." No, they need to take the marketing opportunity to get their name out I'm there. Paying me and, for that marketing? No, but I. You know, I, it doesn't bother me personally. Yeah. The but answer is you are the only one. Yes, I, I guess I am. Yes. Well, I'm not. it I'm seems not. like once upon a time, and I'm looking here in the room of wonderful shafts in the fitting bay, the Callaway fitting bay here at Golfton. You should come on by and get a fitting. But it seems like they've gone away, at least from the egregious colors. There used to be some really crazy colors. Yeah, yeah. they're all pretty subtle here. You're right. Yeah. So, subtle? You, you yeah, that's, subtle? Yeah, that's subtle. Wow. It's just a black strip with a name on I it. I would pay extra. For a blank shaft. We could spray paint it for you. And I don't want it a weird color either. I want a color match. Ron? I'm indifferent. Okay. I, you're talking to a guy who oftentimes doesn't even know what shafts he's playing. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> it's do you take true. this do you get the sticker off your club? How, are you triggered by people who still have stickers on their clubs? I am. I'm like I see it and I'm like, bro, this sticker is melted onto your club. You that, never yeah. thought to peel that off. That happens. Yep, never all, saw that. That happened all the time. All the time. Well, here at, at uh, Golfdom, they'll remove they'll take, it. For, yeah. We do remove it for them, almost you, for that reason, to yeah. not trigger Steve over here. We don't need him fired up. Another lesson is Steve is easily triggered, so we got that too. <laughs> right. By some things, not by everything. Hole number five. I refuse to look for someone else's golf balls when dot, dot, dot. 
I'll go fill first in the blank. when they don't help me look for mine. It's exactly the same for me. I was going to say. And I'm going to well. give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt, you know, one or two times. Maybe I'm the, fir- the first one twice to, to have to search. But if they're consistently not looking for my balls, sorry, I'm staying where yeah, I John, am. John, you see that as a tournament administrator. You, when you're out roaming the golf course, you'll see someone looking for a ball. And yeah, and I've got to start a clock, right, you know, for the, for the three minutes. And, uh, when does it start? When the, when the side gets there, and I say side because if you have a caddy and they get there first, the clock starts. So generally, Jack Nicholas was famous for it. He would hold his caddy back and said, hold on, we're going to let the crowd and, the, and our players and everybody with our group get there first because my time at the time, five minutes, doesn't start till we get there. Uh, and, and so that was smart. But, yeah, I mean, mostly at our level, everybody's helping each other look. We've got carts, right, you know, at the amateur level and especially high level where they're walking. And I'm over here and you're over there. That's going to be a little bit of a rough call because I, I probably can't get there in three minutes, much less help you, help you look. But yeah. absolutely. Buddy? I mean, I agree that if, if they're not helping me, I'm not necessarily going to help them. But, but, Can they uh, do anything personality-wise to turn you off without, without – Helping you with helping you look for a ball, <laughs> yeah, but, I, yeah, but just I makes you say eh. you're on your own. <laughs> this this is a gentleman's game, right? right? We we grew up learning it that way, and so the and natural yep. thing is to go yeah. help somebody find it. But but well, if, I will. I, I agree with you if they don't help you look for your balls. But you may be in a force in which you haven't lost a ball all day, and so you're not really getting the reciprocal benefit. You don't really need it. I won't watch. I won't look for another person's ball if I notice that they're not watching it themselves. That I take actual umbrage to, because I've had cases where I've said, "Okay, it's five yards left of that skinny crooked tree near that clump of green grass. Just went over the cart path. Should be right there." And then we get up to where the ball is, and my specific instructions are being ignored, and I'm the one eagle eyeing it. And yeah. I'm like, "Hey, bro." I watched your shot closer than you and marked it on something, and you're way down here? Oh, yeah. sorry. Or they're looking 50 yards past where it really is because Plus, they're just thinking, yeah. like, oh, I hit it 300. Yeah, Any shot less than 100 yards off the tee that is in grass taller than my ankles, no chance. <laughs> you can leave it in there. I'm not going in getting snakes or Lyme well, disease if, again. If you Don't throw that it. in, anything on a side hill, well, I hurt my ankle a couple years, or actually about 10 years back, but, yeah, if anything where I've got to stress my ankle to be on a side hill looking for your ball, I'm just going to look from the top. Fair enough. Hole number six is putting better now on tour than it was 40 years ago. Ron, this is a conversation that has spawned off of basketball, your other favorite love in life, and that how shooting, the art of shooting, has advanced incredibly uh, from what it was back in the day. I thought about this with putting. Is putting better? Are the numbers reflective of that? Are they not reflective of that? Where are we at in the game of golf? Is putting better than 40 years it's a, ago. a lot of variables. One, yeah. the speed of the greens back then. I think it would have been easier to putt back then. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the equipment, obviously. I, I just don't know. I'd have to look at the numbers. But I think you have a lot more better putters now than you would have back then. And the strokes, the incredible difference of the, the pop pops. Stroke. You know, the Doug Sanders pop. Oh, the, yeah. The, the Arnold Palmer pop. Yeah, you know, right. it's just the wrist would go back. It was just amazing. But. Right. Putts died quicker as they got to the hole back in the day. And that's a huge advantage because nowadays on the modern tour, these greens are glass. And they run out at about 0.1 miles per hour for another two, three feet. Yeah. Yeah, which I think makes the – I think you probably would find, if you were looking at numbers, it'd be about the same, probably the same as as Ron just indicated. There's some things that have made it better. (laughs) 
Uh, but things like we talk about with the green speed that make it worse. One thing I hate is that because of the proliferation of the green reading book, I don't think our you know when that goes away, which oh, apparently is going to go away next we're year. Talk about that next segment. I think they're going to a lot of them are going to putt mm. much worse because <laughs> I think they have lost the ability. There, it's like anything. If you don't use it, you you, you don't practice it. Mm-hmm. You you lose it. And they don't know how to read greens other than looking at a book and seeing an arrow going this way. It's like me getting somewhere without my GPS on my phone. Good luck yeah. on that one. Yeah. Okay, hole number seven. What is more essential, a golf bag with a built-in cooler or a golf bag with a built-in battery phone charger? No question. Buddy, you days. sell them both here at uh, Golf. We Dome. do. I, you know, it depends on, on how many beer carts are out there right. on the course too, right? right? So. Um, but well, it's your emergency stash. Yeah, in case right. the beer cart's missing for a few holes. Well, then, then it's got to be the cooler. <laughs> okay, got to yeah. be. The for cooler. me, no question, it's a phone charger. We're, we're all so busy these days. Staying connected is right. part of the deal, and, and phone's got to be alive. Ron, yeah, phone charger. Okay, uh, hole number eight. How come no PGA Tour players have a big old lumberjack beard? Seems like it's all the rage in sports today and society. The big old look at what a man I am beard. Well, that begs the question, whatever happened to Beef? Well, Andrew, yeah, Andrew right. Johnson, yeah. Yeah, right. He, right. he had the biggest, scruffiest, but I'm saying even bigger than that. James I'm talking beard. James Harden level of beard. How come no – if you think about it from a, tour, from a tour player standpoint, you would stand out. You would probably get a few Beef Jerky endorsements or something. <laughs> I, the only thing I can come back to is we play an outdoor sport. Too sweaty. Most of the, most of the time, yes. Too it's, gross. It's 90-something – Get divots in that beard. Uh-huh. Just drip out while you're putting. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, yeah. just. But, but Harden plays with it in basketball. Yeah, but it's indoor. I mean, he's sweating, no question, oh. but it's an air, indoor uh, He's not air sweating. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> he doesn't play defense. That's <laughs> yeah, <he's> not <laughs> if all of us committed to growing the biggest beards we could, would you do it for no. one show? Mm-mm. Come no. on. I think it's – Please? I think it's gross. I think they look stupid. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> okay, finally, hole number nine. What is the polite way to decline a golf course wager with a stranger, such as, hey, uh, you want to play for five bucks this side? You never met the guy. I, I go Judge Schmales. There's no betting at Bushwood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you feel a little bit less of a man that you're no. scurred? I am. What are you, scurred? I mean, it's a $5 wager. Come I, on. I have never had anybody ask me to wager. Well, they don't a, want a, a stranger. Piece of you. No, but they, I ask. They know them. you're a right. baller. They right. see you swing, and they go. They're like, oh. I want no piece yeah. of this guy. I, I ask them though. I, I like a random bet with yeah. a stranger. I, I'm yeah. down with it. I, I wouldn't turn it down. No, let's okay. have some fun. I oftentimes turn it down just because I always say, "Look, I'm trying as hard as I can, whether there's money or not. And if I'm trying hard and I'm sucking, the last thing I want to know is I'm going to lose five or ten bucks. So I don't know. I will still wager, but I'm not wedded to it like some people are. And then there's people that want so many games. It, your card is a blizzard of dots afterwards. Right. I've seen it, and I've said, you're crazy. And then it washes out to about, you owe me four. Yeah. He owes him six. I was like, oh, that was fun. Yeah. All right, coming up, Bryson DeChambeau's caddy says, I'm out. The Sayonara. night before his defense of the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit. We'll talk about that and other newsworthy stories up next on the Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfdom. Right here on the team. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything.
You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who all carry a perfect club, an alien wedge, a double-sided chipper, and a 20-foot ball retriever. We're back. Final segment here in the Callaway Fitting Studio at Golfdom, Tyson's Corner. Visit them on the web as well, golfdomgolf.com. Come on in and uh, get yourself geared up for the back half of summer. Buddy, you say that there is some uh, new Titleist wrenches. Yeah, we got, uh, it, it'll be out in August, so we're going to get some of the guys on one of the shows here to, to talk about it. But uh, full set of irons are on tour this week, I believe. It's the first week. Um, might have been last week, but but they're out there now. And uh, TaylorMade's got some new irons coming and hearing a little bit about a Callaway wedge. So there's some good fall products coming out. Nice. I didn't tell you guys about one of the funniest, stupidest things I've done golf-wise in a while. My good friend Charlie Mannix in Indianapolis, and you met him this past year, Ronnie, at, uh, in Pinehurst. He is such a golf fanatic. He has acquired for himself his own track man. A man nice. with his own track man is a dangerous man, but yeah. he's so into it, you know? So he had it set up. I, I was stopping in Indianapolis on my way to Milwaukee, and we were at a local course in a fitting studio like this run by his friend Brad Fellers. Brad was not there. He was off doing something. It was just me and Charlie. Two amateurs didn't know what we were doing. And I said, why don't we go try to fit me for a driver? <laughs> so I just start pulling shafts and heads and whipping them together. Like we're two knuckleheads. Like, what, what is this? I don't even know. Your techs are so good. They know exactly what you need, you know. And I actually put one together. I hit a couple bombs with it. I was like, maybe it's not that hard. Yeah. I don't like doing it. These guys know how to do it. I know. So exactly. It's the I old premise of, too much. yeah, how many monkeys would it take to uh, produce Shakespeare if you put them in a room with typewriters? <laughs> Eventually, you'd get one. Okay, big news on the PGA Tour this week. Bryson DeChambeau's caddy, Tim, I'll look it up, ends up quitting the night before the Rocket Mortgage in which Bryson's the defending champion. As we taped this on Friday afternoon, he's in danger of missing the cut. I think he's going to. Wow. This doesn't happen on the PGA Tour. Now, Bryson says it was just time for us to take a break. Yes, they're on a break. On a yeah. break. This is pretty unprecedented. Like this Ross is, and Rachel. This is, clear, yeah, this is clearly, <laughs> this guy has been on his bag for every one of his eight major, uh, eight tour wins, including the U.S. Open last year, and he just walks, he walked away from what could have been a big payday if he defended. What's going on? Well, interestingly, this has happened once before. They took a break in 2017. And okay. And came back, I don't know, a year later. But did they uh, take a break between Pro-Am Day and opening no, day? No, I'm sure not. Yeah. That's the interesting thing. Tim Tucker thing. is the guy's Tim Tucker, name. Yeah. Yeah. Tim so Tucker. So the day before is an interesting thing. You've you got to wonder what was the trigger, what happened. Maybe Zabe saw some, and, maybe saw some shafts that had uh, big logos <laughs> on them. But, uh, yeah, that's So that's we haven't heard time. anything, right? No. And I don't think Tucker's going to say but anything because he still wants to be employable. Working for that guy's got to be pretty frustrating, right? I mean, it's got to be, you know, so exacting. It's not the normal just show up, put up, and keep up, right? It's, uh, it's a lot of math. Well, it's, <laughs> it, it's range sessions until 10 p.m. Maybe yeah. Tim said, hey, listen, man, do you mind if I go meet the boys for right. a beer and right. watch some basketball or right. something? No, you're either in this or you're out of this. And maybe it was like, all right, I, I can't do this. I anymore. could see that. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's there till ten thirty. Then you're there the next morning at six with I that know. same old bag. You're carrying that bag. I mean, who wants to carry a golf bag all their <laughs> well, did life? You, did you see? Not uh, a bad living for a guy that's in the top ten on the PGA Tour. Did you well, see Phil? I know. Bust up one of his shafts in the yeah. in that little video. I think that, I think that was staged. I think uh, it was totally too. Right. Staged. But yeah. 
Totally but staged. I, I think it had to be. But They're then trying this, to get these hits. Remember, I, it's all social media of course, hits. Yes. But you saw that video, and his caddy's standing there, and he looks kind of over yeah. and, and doesn't just say a, anything. Just a little surprise. Yeah, I'm right. shocked. It was, a com- it, right it was a complete work, and those eagle-eyed golf nerds identified the fact that it was the wrong grip, <laughs> and it was like uh, a preset a left, club already. A left-handed in there. club. There you go. Okay, wrong grip. Yeah. He covers the shaft. He clearly bends it, puts it back. Got his sunglasses on, and there's Tim Tucker going, "Oh, what? Funny. What's going on with that?" I mean, I guess that is kind of funny. Kind of almost the the B side of the story is the fact that Brooks Kepka immediately came out with yep. a tweet saying, "I'm here hey, for the petty." Big ups, big ups to my man Ricky Elliott. Best to ever do it. It's Ricky Elliott Appreciation yeah. Day. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's it is classic. What's going on with you and Mickelson? What is it that you... Uh... Well, so Mickelson, I thought, really overstepped his bounds where he, he said he was not going to come back to this event because a writer for the Detroit Free Press wrote an article chronicling when in a crime family trial in Detroit, a mob boss said he owed Mickelson half a million and couldn't pay it. Mickelson's agent doesn't dispute right. the truth of that. Mickelson just didn't like the fact that, well, that was 20 years ago. Why'd you bring it up while Why'd you here? bring it up? Negative energy. And he said, you know, I just don't think I can come back to this tournament. I don't, I don't blame him. He doesn't need to come there. He doesn't need to come there. I don't blame him. No, this is, Ron, you're thinking of the wrong way. This reporter is doing his job. He's writing a story that's relevant. Hey, Mickelson hadn't been to Detroit in forever. You know what? Once upon a time, a mobster stiffed him on half a million. That's newsworthy. But my point—it's his job to write it. It's not Mickelson to punish the city and the fans because a writer did his job. No. And the grief that's going to come down on the writer, the pressure from all these corporate entities, is going to be a pain no. in the ass. See, the, at this point in Phil Mickelson's career, he does not need this. So, in other words, what I'm saying is, I don't blame him for not coming back because he doesn't have to I come do. back. I blame. He's him got three hundred million. He doesn't care. He can go play on the senior tour. He doesn't care. If he, doesn't want, if he doesn't want to deal with this, if he doesn't want this negative karma in his life, it's, it's his prerogative. But, it's, but he does, that doesn't mean that he needs to coexist with it. So punish the sponsors. He's not punishing anybody because yes, it's is. his personal choice to be there or to not be there. How about to be so public about it? Oh, I'm not coming He's back. He's a public guy. We know that. I just, I, I, I like, I'm shocked. I, I, I'm shocked you're on the wrong side of this. I, I'm <laughs> telling you, I'll pull you on the right side of it eventually. You have to be in the media to understand how when powerful athletes and teams lean on individual broadcasters, sports talk hosts, reporters, it's not fun because the corporate entities run the world. And they get the crowd against you. And too. they go, right, and they go, hey, man, what are you doing that for? Well, and I agree that it, it seems like he's punishing the tournament and the area. He literally this guy's is one. Not seems one like writing, he probably doesn't want to go back there. He probably well then he, just don't go back. Yeah, you don't need well, to. You know, Phil, Phil lives on. A, he lives in the spotlight. How about the fact that he, he doesn't like the fact that there's more and more anecdotes of him being a big time, probably degenerate gambler. Right. He doesn't like that. <laughs> there's, and there's then plenty some. of stories and out there. Yeah. Insider trading. Stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, Shadow Creek, Ron, our place in Vegas yeah. is going to become a one thousand dollar. Green fee. It'll be the highest public green fee in America and maybe the world. I don't know, but it's certainly up there. Worth every dollar. Mm, wow. At that price. 
what's, see, my what's guys Pebble at, now? Five, six hundred, something I like that. I think so. Yeah. My guys and I, we went and plunked down five hundred four years ago, and then six hundred the next year. And I'm glad we did because now it's, we're done. I'm so out. You can say I've done buddy, it. Right. Buddy, have you played Shadow? Creek? I have not, and I would like to, but it, the price just went up a lot. Well, I guess you would probably be able to get on there. Be a big roller. Yeah, be a, although I'm not sure they even comp big rollers at MGM because well, they can get the thousand. It's become such a thing to play Shadow Creek. It used right. to when I played it the year it opened up. And uh, there's a backstory to it, but um, which you've told us on this show. Yeah, it was yeah. unbelievable. So I, my point is, is back then and for a long time, it stayed quiet. Right. It was a hidden, yeah. It was a hidden thing. Well, now that the word's gotten out, it's the cool thing to do, especially since they had the tour event or right. a couple of tour events. I want to play Shadow Creek, so they have to diffuse the situation in a sense. I think interestingly, in out in Vegas. Price. It's probably not outrageous, right? You're right. spending that kind of money for other entertainment. <laughs> In know, a way, yes. You know, it's probably the right place to have that. A thousand speak. goes a lot quicker at the craps table with cold dice. Right. And it doesn't last five hours in the champagne room either, from what I've been told. It's, so, yeah, it's it, bang for bang. It's an incredible course, Ron. I do love it. It's magical. It's the most incredibly engineered desert course with elevation. You feel totally sealed in. I would say that... Sherwood Country Club is the only thing that is close in terms of the magic of a really high-end desert sort of course. But $1,000 is a bit well, You break it down to $50 a hole. I mean, $52 a hole. Hey, Smales, I'll play you for yeah. 100 a hole. Just, yeah, gamble, <laughs> Maybe I'll pay for my green fee. Gamble with or, the stranger and uh, 200 bucks go an 100 hour bucks for hole. entertainment. Yeah, yeah. yeah could be. Um, you mentioned the Greens reading books are going to be outlawed on the PGA Tour. For those that don't know, these are the super detailed sort of um, surveyor's greens books that right. have every little break in minute and, and detail. And the USGA has, has limited the size of the book like the, and the ratio, like it's five-eighths of an inch to or a foot. or you know, I mm-hmm. forget what the number is. Right. But, uh, the players on the tour, the players said we want to ban them, right? Right. And I think That's it, incredible. It's an interesting – I think it's a reaction – to a lot of the field players not liking the way, to be honest, Bryson handles his business, all making it um, all a math equation. And they think that's a skill that both they and their caddies have or, and should have. And then just doing it by rote, by using a, a math formula, is the way you, to do I it. I mean, look, look, look at this absolute mess of numbers and lines. I, I'm getting a headache looking at it right now. I just can't believe that a five-footer they're looking at this stuff. John Gould, as a, again, so, as a rules guy, what do you think of these things? Should they be banned? They're pace-of-play killers. How are they going to yeah. police it? Well, they're not going to have it. It's pretty easy. If you pull it's, it's it. like, But I heard you can pull out an old Greens book that has a few lines, but not as much. Well, I mean, it depends on exactly what the, how, the, how the... This is going to be... Once again, this is not going to be an everyday golf. So if right. we have them at our local play, it's just going to be a tour rule, which is another... You know, we've talked about that on another show. Bifurcation, Bifurcation, baby. let's... You know, it's okay to have different rules at the tour than we do in, in regular play. But, yeah, I, from what I heard, it's just they're not going to be able to have them. They're going to have a yardage book, but there's no going to be no green on the yardage book. And they do an official yardage book at every PGA Tour event. It's just going to be absent of that, All right. that information. Three minutes left, real quick. Do you think college golfers are going to score with this new permission to cash in on name, image, likeness? Do you see club endorsements, ball endorsements coming to college players? I do. I do too. I mean, I, it's, I don't know how much, but I think they'll get them. Yeah, it's Ron, kind of, you played collegiate golf. Talk to me. 
Yeah, I think they will. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you feel about it? I think it's great. You jealous? Jealous you didn't get it yourself? No, right? I was not very good. But uh, you would have got an endorsement. Well, I could have gotten an endorsement from, from the Crow great Flight from the great Tiger. No, the Grateful Dead, because that's what I spent <laughs> most of my time doing when I was on the golf team. So. Yeah, that would be tie dye shirts, balls. You know, be perfect. Get your big beard and uh, <laughs> I did. Have a beard. It, isn't did that have a though? Beard. Isn't this potentially a way to alleviate some of the budget pressures on college golf programs? Well, it's not coming from the colleges. That's the thing. It's, it's, I know. It's, that's what I'm saying. So, in other words, if Titleist is willing to sponsor somebody or the team, that comes from them. And now the, tour, now the program doesn't have to pay for totally. that. Totally. Right? Yes. Could be well, a good thing, right? I don't know that the yeah. manufacturer is going to throw a bunch of money at it either, though. That's going to be the other thing because they've got, they've got the PGA Tour, which they've already been cutting back. The LPGA Tour has been tough. Uh, on their budgets. Yeah. They and, mostly get free product, I think, from yeah. those manufacturers. Well, no, they don't. Yes. No, no free product. Really? College golf. No, but, it, but buddy, wouldn't you think that they'd want to get these guys early, oh, like no, the University of yeah, Texas golf? Yeah, it's my hooks into Victor Hovland yeah, before he turns like, pro. It's gonna, AAU basketball. And I'm right. saying Shoe contracts. I'm saying it's going to dilute it for everybody else, so they're going to have to factor them in. Absolutely, they're going to be wanting to grab those guys early, and, and they already do. I guess not with with no charge equipment, but they, they're already working on these guys, yeah. right. you know, when they're in college. All right, round the horn, last thought, 30 seconds or less, local golf, whatever, philosophical, reminders, free plugs, you name it, let's go. Ronnie. Uh, I will start. I had the honor of playing down at Two Rivers in the Virginia State Senior Stroke Play Championship. I played with a guy the second day. He looked at me. I've got two things. That's why I'm going quickly. He looked at my Maryland bag or Maryland head cover, and he said, did you go to Maryland? I said, yes. He said, did you play golf there? I said, yes. And I He's, I said, where'd you go? He said, Stanford. And I said, did you play sports? He said, yeah, I played uh, basketball. Or, I mean, I played football and I played baseball. And I thought, okay, well, football and baseball at Stanford. His name's Walt Harris, played for the Chargers and the Baltimore Orioles. Wow. Just, just one of those guys yeah. that I said, did you play? He's like, yeah, I was three years. I started, I was captain for Stanford, baseball and football. <laughs> wow. Just one of those dudes. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, played for stuff. the Chargers. I mean, played for the Orioles. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, played and two he, professional sports. No and biggie. He's just a really good golfer. Just I'm a one sure handicap. I'm sure he is. These athletes, they've got it. It's just incredible. And then I, the other thing is, uh, I was I, Steve knows about this, but I was at Columbia Country Club last week for the kickoff for the USGA Girls Junior. Uh, they honored Marty West. Right. One Thirty great amateurs. Yeah, uh, well, 38 USGA championships, four masters, and it was an incredible night. It was just an incredible night, and there will be a video that comes out. It was really neat. They had Michael Wilbon and uh, Tony Kornheiser did a pardon the interruption about Marty. Oh, cool. Kevin Sheehan uh, did a wonderful job narrating it. Uh, it was incredible. The USGA was there. John Bodenhammer yep. was there. Uh, their historian who runs their museum was there. Uh, it was in the Pine Valley. The, the, the table next to me, this is the last thing I'm going to say, was Jim Fitzgerald from Chevy Chase, uh, Ricky Tuma, Bob Dolan, and the guys from Pine Valley. So what nice. it was a pretty nice night. Very, very cool. cool. Yes, I'm just jealous I didn't get invited. <laughs> Johnny? To talk to those guys. Hey, it's, uh, it's a state open month uh, for the uh, local, uh, both Virginia and Maryland. So uh, Maryland State Open is at Baltimore Country Club the second week of July at the beginning of the week. And at the end of the week is Virginia State Open of Virginia at Independence Golf Course. So great golf to see, to watch, to follow online, and I uh, hope everybody does. Buddy? 39th year for Golfdom anniversary this month. Nice. So we're uh, excited to celebrate that. British Open free week will have a sale. And, uh, yeah, free stuff, right? But 39 <laughs> years and uh, very, very thankful for, for your guys' support, but also all our customers and uh, 
continuing to let us do this. A lot one of, of our uh, one of my guys, he was doing something with my van, came in with his son, who's a big fisherman. He comes into your store, buddy. He goes. This is like the Bass Pro Shops for golf. <laughs> and I said, that's the best compliment I've heard. Yes. All right, boys. Hit them straight this weekend and beyond. Thank you very much for listening to the Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfdom. Happy birthday, America. God bless America. And have a great, safe weekend. And we will see you next week. This has been the Capital Golf Gang on the Team 980. If you'd like the gang to visit your home course, send your inquiries to Zabe at yahoo.com that's c-z-a-b-e at yahoo.com or visit the show page at www.theteam980.com and for free swag we're all an extra large so yeah thanks for the shirts